0: Welcome to the Negotiation and Conflict Management podcast series. I'm glad I know that now. This series is brought to you by the NAC team. NAC, N-A-C, stands for Negotiation and Conflict. NAC is made up of a team of scholars who are passionate about the teaching, research, and practice of negotiation and conflict management and all related topics. We offer you this podcast series to highlight the work of global academic thought leaders who have a knack for negotiating and managing conflict. We hope you enjoy this episode. I am Michael Gross, your podcast host for today. Our podcast guests today are Gene Brett and Roy Lewicki. Gene Brett is the DeWitt W. Buchanan Jr. Professor Emerita of dispute resolution and organizations at Northwestern University. She initiated Kellogg's course on negotiation in 1981. She is the founder and was the director of Kellogg's Dispute Resolution Research Center. She is now the president of Negotiation and Team Resources, a not-for-profit supporting research and teaching in the field of negotiation. Her 2022 book, with Tyree Mitchell is Searching for Trust in the Global Economy. Roy Lewicki is the Irving Abramowitz Professor Emeritus of Management and Human Resources at The Ohio State University. He has been teaching courses on conflict management and negotiation since 1971. He was the founder of the Conflict Management and Negotiation Division of the Academy of Management, and recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the International Association of Conflict Management. He is the lead author of eight editions of the textbook, Negotiation, as well as accompanying volumes of experiential teaching materials and the co-editor of seven volumes of research on negotiation in organizations. Today's episode is one of a three-part series on the origins of teaching negotiation and our discipline in business schools. This is like a side note, but all of this uh, that you've talked about brings back memories for me of what inspired me to become a negotiation and conflicts scholar and teacher. So really, this is really great hearing all this and hearing the origins and um I kind of joined in on the 90s when I was a doctoral student. So that's the point in which your story I I caught on to. But uh, in addition to teaching and research, uh, professional associations focusing on conflict and negotiation in business school schools in that context have also emerged and they've grown. Roy, you were instrumental in forming the Conflict Management Division of the Academy of Management, weren't you? Can you tell us about that?
1: Uh, yes, um, I, I mentioned that um, Max Bazerman and I um, uh, were introduced to each other, and we did this first research conference um, in the early 1980s, and uh, invited every, said invited everybody we knew, and got a um, got a, a book published in 1983. Um, there was a considerable talk among participants but how to replicate that that stimulating experience and find ways to support uh, further further research. Uh, Since many of the group uh, members at that point were management, organizational behavior teachers, uh, Len and I uh, decided to petition the Academy of Management to organize an interest group in power negotiation and conflict management. Uh, we, uh, this was a time, fortunately, when the academy was expanding its base um, and adding different new interest groups to uh, its portfolio of, of, of subgroups. Um, Len and I wrote a, a document arguing for um, why um, negotiation and conflict management research um, was, was unique, why it needed a home, why it should be part of the academy of management, um, and then we collected signatures from, again, from lots of different people to support this initiative. Uh, our petition was uh, recognized by the Academy in the 19 mid-80s, um, and we met for the first time in 1986 or 7. Uh, we were able to attract a number of scholars who were already members of the AOM to submit papers and symposium and so forth. So we eventually worked our way up from maybe a half a day of programming to a day of programming to a full and over seven or eight years to a full couple of days of programming, uh, uh, particularly as lots of new research was coming out and worthy of, of academy standards and publication. Um, also in the mid-1980s, uh, Professor Absalur Rahim decided to organize an independent uh, conflict management group. Um, by 1986, again, that group had neared 100 members um ASAL was publishing a newsletter called Signal um, and in 1987 they had their own research conference uh and changed their name to the International Association for Conflict Management uh and began publishing their own book of research papers um, a second conference was organized around 1989 and the group started to started their own journal called the International Journal of Conflict Management. Um, those of us that, who were doing organizing these groups were afraid that the existence of, of two organizations, uh, IACM and, um, and uh, the Academy Group, uh, would dilute each other's uh, success and that um, one, or, one or the other would not sustain uh, but fortunately, by the early 1990s, it was pretty clear that interested scholars joined both groups um, and sent, and went to both to both organizations and conferences. Um, the conferences were strongly dis- interdisciplinary. Um, good. We began to attract international members um, and we allowed for great f- cross fertilization, I think, in ideas and theory and ways to teach the subject to various um, audiences. So you can see that. But over about a period of a decade, um, there were a group of us who liked each other, worked together well, and saw lots of opportunity to to create and innovate um, organizations, research studies, and and entities that uh, began to grow the field.
0: Thank you. Along with these uh, professional associations in a business school context, uh, there has also been academic journals Uh, which you refer to, uh, Spotlighting Negotiation Research and Scholarship. What are some of these journals, and can you tell our listeners something about how they got started? Jean, can you start us off this time?
2: Um, Actually, Michael, no. I'm not the best one (laughs) to do that. Roy knows more about it than I do. I know that there was concern that – the International Journal for Conflict Management was not owned by the association or run by the association, um, but it was pretty much run by Admiral Publishing. And there was concern about that. Um, the association IACM really wanted to manage its own publication. And that I think is what led to um, the birth of uh, NCMR, but uh, Michael, you know more about that than than we do, I think. Why don't you talk about NCMR a little bit?
0: Well, um, <laughs> I wasn't one of the original uh, folks that created that journal. I think Roy was part of that, so I'm going to go kick the can down the road to Roy.
1: <laughs> um, Professor Rahim, who started the the, um, the uh, International uh, Conflict Management Group, um, also started a journal at that point, and he owned the journal. Uh, so as Gene pointed out, it was not uh, owned by the association or by an editorial board. He, he owned it and made uh, a lot of it, the decisions as to what he would and would not publish. In addition, uh, the journal suffered many of the problems facing any startup journal, uh, which is that you need a, a pipe, a high quality pipeline, um, to be able to get you past the first or second issue. Um, uh, you, I certainly learned that when I was editor of a, of another academy journal, AMLE, um, uh, a number of years later. Um, so we, they didn't have the, the high quality pipeline and referees and so forth. Uh, and many of the academics who were writing in negotiation and so forth, published, tried to publish in good management journals like OBHDP or JAP um, or 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 similar ones. Um, As IACM evolved um, and Professor Rahim sort of yielded control of that organization, um, we began to publish our own journal called Negotiation and Conflict Management Research, and that was born um, in 2008. Um, and uh, meanwhile, um, the Hewlett funding uh, with the Harvard Program on Negotiation began to publish the uh, g- Negotiation Journal, which was more explicitly focused on applied articles for practitioners uh, rather than for research summaries. Um, there were still other outlets out there like uh, Conflict Resolution Quarterly and the Journal of Conflict Resolution and, and the Political Sciences. And In the uh, third party dispute resolution field. So, um, there's now four or five different outlets, um, for, for good research publication and, and as well as many of the mainline journals that continue to turn that to make that work visible.
0: Gene, with advances in technology and instruction, what do negotiation courses look like today, 40 plus years since the beginning, and what might they look like in the future?
2: I think that the technology and developments in technology have really facilitated teaching negotiation over the years. You know, we started talking about the Nider book. Well, what were we doing? Making Xerox copies of exercises right out of the book. I can remember, I'm sure Roy can too, assigning students to groups, trying to keep them from negotiating with the same person multiple times during the course. I had a huge matrix on my dining room table um, to try to to do that. We used to post results in a matrix on the blackboard. I would draw draw these elaborate matrices um and summarize learning points on transparencies. Um, I think my first foray into technology was d r c s group assigner. I got an undergrad. Uh, computer science student to program it and that really changed our lives uh, I must say DRC still makes that group assigner available and it's free now so if you're listening to this and you don't have a group assigner go on the DRC website and get one it's free um, and then of course Excel and PowerPoint changed a lot um, ultimately, DRC, when it first started distributing, I think we were distributing on those great big uh, floppy disks, and then we went to the hard disks, and then we went to CDs, and then finally we went online. Um, but really, the there was a big gap uh, in technology, and the really, I think, the, the next big step was the fully integrated platforms. So I held a small workshop at DRC in 2015, I think it was. And uh, the purpose was to take a look at the platforms that were delivering teaching materials online, collecting results and displaying results. Um, For Class and iDecision Games had fully integrated platforms at that point. And there were a couple of other startups that we invited that came and they might've moved into this fully integrated space, but ultimately they didn't. We had a teaching workshop using these platforms at IACM in Florida in 2015. Um, and some of us started using them that fall, but like everything else that the pandemic did, those fully integrated platforms really took off as we all pivoted to teaching online in 2020. Fortunately, the Carnegie Mellon faculty uh, had been at that teaching workshop in 2015, and they started using iDecision Games right away, and they had a lot of experience with it. And when we went to teaching online with the pandemic in the spring of 2020, Narash Kumar, who is the head of iDecision Games, got in touch with me and said, let's do some teaching workshops to help people learn how to use IDG and use NTR exercises in that context. So we put together um, a bunch of workshops. I think we had five or six over the rest of 2020 with great support Initially from the Carnegie Mellon faculty and then from a lot of other people who began to come kind of out of the woodwork to share their knowledge um, to help us not only teach ourselves how to teach online using the IDG platform, but also helping the IDG platform get some of our more complex exercises up and running um, Because, of course, we didn't know how long we would be teaching online, and the answer is probably into the indefinite future in one form or the other. Um, Michael, you ask, what what do I think is the future in terms of negotiation and technology? Yes. Um, In the spring of 2020, also in May, uh, upon the Program on Negotiation, held a conference on AI and negotiation. And as usual with me, I heard about it and then I invited myself. I knew I'd learned a lot and wow, did I. I really encourage anybody interested in that interface to take a look at the negotiation journal. I think it's the January 2021 uh, issue that summarizes the papers from this conference. Clearly, The future of negotiation, research, and teaching is bound up in artificial intelligence. We're using it already in many ways without fully understanding what we're doing. For example, negotiating with customer service. Um, After what I went through with Citibank in January, trying to get them to unfreeze my credit card to pay for a flight to the Emirates, I know that Citibank Customer Service has a red flag by Gene Brett, and it also has an AI whisperer agent to coach any customer service rep how to negotiate with me the next time I call complaining about their service. Um, There are huge opportunities at the AI Negotiation Interface Um, Negotiation and Team Resources, which is the not-for-profit that I run with Holly Stroth and Steve Goldberg, we're supporting a think tank on this topic. There's a team in Germany that's surveying potential applications of AI to negotiation. They've identified 31 different applications. NTR is prepared to fund research at this interface. Um, but I think the immediate implication for the classroom is going to come from the entrepreneurs. And these are AI agent whisperers. They're going to give the student negotiator personal feedback during planning, during negotiation, in terms of reading voice patterns, in terms of reading uh, visual patterns. No, it used to be when we were doing research on negotiation strategy, we'd record, transcribe, code every subject verb, phrase. Well, AI can do that now um, very, very rapidly and give the student feedback. So that's one vision that I have. I don't know that any entrepreneur has that going quite yet, but it's it's coming close. I think the longer-term implication for the classroom is that we need to be training our management students to be strategists in the teams that are building these AI negotiation applications. Um, The dispute resolution platforms uh, are, frankly, way ahead of the deal-making platforms. The dispute resolution platforms are already using mediation and negotiation experts to customize their platform for different applications for different customer service, for the courts, et cetera. Um, Do I think AI agents are going to take over a lot of deal-making negotiation in the future? Uh, Absolutely. It's absolutely already happening in commodities. Is there an ongoing role for the human negotiator and for negotiation training? Yes. For one thing, the ethical issues are huge. So managing what that AI agent whisperer is saying, doing, and how that AI agent who's representing a client is acting is a major opportunity for future research. I'm very excited about the work that Think Tank is doing um, and the work that um, the opportunities here Really, you know, the computer scientists have been gaming negotiations for years. They have these contests, you know, but they haven't quite gotten most of them to the practical applications. And there's also an opportunity to team up with the entrepreneurs who are starting up companies to use AI in the field of negotiation and dispute resolution. So, you know, some people are saying we won't name names, but negotiation is what they call a mature research field. They kind of look down their nose saying, you know, we did all the interesting work in the 1980s and there's just work on the periphery now. I don't think that's true at all because I think that's interface between artificial intelligence and negotiation is a huge opportunity uh, to do more negotiation research and, like to support the people that are going to be doing that. It sounds very
0: exciting. Uh, I wanted to ask each of you really if you had any final thoughts or other comments that you want to to add about our topic today. Uh, Roy, did you have anything else you wanted to say, any closing thoughts for us?
1: <clears throat> um, sure. Um, I think I have been accused of saying that I am one of the who have been accused of saying that Negotiation research is a mature, um, industry. And, um, but I think that's only in the sense that there are numerous ways that, um, that negotiation, um, can and has been reframed or needs to be reframed and, and rethought. Um, that obviously creates lots of, of opportunities for the future. Um, Gene has talked about AI. Um, I think that's that's extremely interesting work, both in terms of its implications for teaching, um, as well as for understanding, you know, what what can be taught by technology and what what does the instructor have to to be there for? Um, uh, the field of the field of psychology has turned into a field of neurobiology. Um, I can't I can barely read an introductory psychology textbook now because it's mostly brain science and not the old stuff I remember, and, and I think neuro, neurobiology might be an interesting way to begin to explore what happens as parties give and take with each other. Um, third, um, we have still been looking at negotiation in in terms of um, uh, th- two, three, maybe four issues on the table and several parties and, and so forth. But, um, you know, on the other hand, the, the world is full of, of in heavily intractable disputes, um, over identity, um, over, um, inter, you know, intergroup, um, conflicts over an intractable kinds of conflicts. Um, uh, Peter Coleman, um, at, at Columbia, um, has had a book called the way out, um, that's been incredibly popular for the last year in, in terms of being able to think through, um, how do we how do we approach and deal with um very 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 thorny uh political kind of conflicts that we we see uh every night on our, our TV set and that's an area where negotiation needs to uh, dive in and, and and lastly there's work being done on on what i would call sort of uh, incredibly complex uh disputes where uh, the parties um multiple parties are involved and there are um, all kinds of twists and turns and in the middle of them, this, these are the kinds of situations that, uh, that, um, are difficult to simulate in a, in a research lab, um, but are absolutely characteristic of, of many societal issues. Um, I think what's going to need to happen is that, um, we're going to need to see more, um, more anthropology, um, work its way into uh, into our discipline rather than crafting, uh, nice little, um, multivariate analysis or two by three experience, experimental designs or whatever. Um, we're going to need to see how to pick apart, uh, much more in complex disputes and look at the negotiating s- processes w- within. Uh, that's going to take different skills, uh, but it creates some real opportunities for the future.
0: Uh, were you referring to uh, wicked problems with those complex problems that uh, right. lots of parties
1: are right. a part of? Right. Yeah, wicked problems, or or uh, yeah, or intractable disputes, or right. Um, uh, yes, absolutely.
0: Gene, thank you very much. Gene, what are your your final thoughts, or what you would like to have us leave with on this topic?
2: Well, I would like to have us leave with the idea that this field has been so successful both in teaching and in research because of the kind of the community that the scholars, the teachers have made. And I hope that we can continue to build on that community. It started just with the you know the original generous sharing of Roger Fisher, um, and we've continued and continued to share information. I think it's a wonderful that uh, conflict management and IACM are doing some joint projects together. The doctoral symposium this year is a joint project that's going to be at the IACM conference. So working together is really, really important. The problems that the, the wicked problems, the intractable conflicts, the challenges that we see, uh, domestically and globally, uh, both politically and socially, um, these are problems that not one scholar is going to solve, but that teams of scholars are going to solve. And I think we are we are very well set up um, to address these problems with teams, uh, with multidisciplinary teams. We've always been multidisciplinary, and I think that's what's go- what it's going to take. So again, I guess I leave with the idea that this is a field where there's always another horizon for doing more research.
0: I want to thank both of you very, very much for your time today and joining us on this podcast. It's been very inspirational for me personally. Um, this has been my field and my work, too, and both of you have been profoundly influential, uh, both in your writing, uh, knowing you personally, um, all that, all the teaching stuff. I went to all those workshops that you both talked about uh, <laughs> many, many, many years ago, um, and so I just want to say thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Michael. It's been a, it's been a pleasure doing this. It's been lovely to reminisce, um, about, um, sort of getting the past straight, um, and, and remembering how all of this has developed. And, um, I would add to to what Gene said, um, the, the group of people who were part of this whole movement, uh, there's a tremendous amount of social capital, um, among us in terms of the way we share with each other, um, infuse each other's thinking. Um, and, uh, uh, appreciate, and appreciate what each other has, has contributed. And, uh, that I think has greatly contributed to the growth over the last 40 years. And, uh, obviously there's going to be a lot more to come. Thanks. So thanks for putting this together.
0: Well, thank you. Um, have a good thank night. Oh, go Michael. ahead, Gene. Oh, thank you. All right. Michael. Have a good night. It's you're really welcome. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. As our series name states, I'm glad I know that now. Once more, I'm Michael Gross, and on behalf of all of us, we thank our guests, Jean Brett and Leroy Lewicki. On behalf of our NAC team, Deborah Sai, Michael Gross, that's me, Jennifer Parlamas, Laura Reese, and Ming Hong Tsai, thank you for listening. For more information about this and every episode, you can check out the podcast notes on the NAC website at www conflictandnegotiationteam.com so that's one word conflictandnegotiationteam.com there you can find additional sources and links to materials to materials cited in each episode please tell a friend about our podcast and we hope that you'll join us next time for another fascinating discussion about a topic you'll be glad to know about